Oh, that wasn't exactly how I thought the call would start. I couldn't tell if you were there. You were. It was very, very quiet. So that was pretty fun. I I usually wait until somebody says something when I when I connect, just because. Uh, I've experienced a thing with call recorder uh, where it likes to clip the first thing I say if I talk too fast. So. Ah, well, you're being uh, proactive there, hey? Uh, well, passive, actually, because I'm not saying anything. <laughs> true, true. Preemptive was the term I was looking for, <laughs> not proactive. So how are you? Oh, you know, I'm doing all right. Uh, so yesterday, I here's a story that I would have told you, uh, but I'm telling you it today. And uh, yesterday, as I was coming back from getting some coffee at our local Starbucks, I noticed a pattern coming down our street. And that pattern was every single mailbox on the road was open. Uh, I got back to our house and the mailbox was hanging open as well. Um, we've had pro well, I haven't cause this was before, uh, Shane and I lived here, but, um, when we first moved in shortly after, you know, we had arrived, I think like, you know, a couple weeks, maybe, uh, we got a little note card in the mail and it said that our neighborhood was participating in this thing called next door, uh, which for anybody who doesn't know, um, that this social network, uh, basically allows people in a neighborhood in the surrounding area to communicate with each other. So you can, you know, post sale sales and, uh, talk about different things that have happened and, uh, report crimes and report things that are not crimes, but the people are afraid of anyway, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, apparently there had been some problems in the past with mail thievery and people had had like birthday cards stolen and people had had um, checks taken and rewritten and cashed because banks don't pay any attention to checks anymore, it seems. Anywho, it had been dinged in the past for being um, a great vehicle for racism uh because sometimes people are afraid of things they don't need to be afraid of but they are because uh humans are trash but anywho uh the, the reason i bring that up is because it seems that there is another uh round of mail thefts going on so some turd decided to go to every single mailbox on the street and peer in to see if they could find anything um luckily we check our mail every day and don't leave crap inside uh so that at night some turd can come and, and take the mail so that was not fun but i'm doing so great today and how are you joe i'm fine uh i'm sorry to hear about your situation and yes, I would say that I've never used Nextdoor, um, but but it it definitely uh, has the reputation of being a horribly racist website. Um, well, more more that it enables uh, people's horrible yes, racism. Yes, enables racism yeah. and uh, the people being afraid of things that you know there's no reason to be. But uh, luckily, for the most part, uh, seem to avoid that. There are some people who. Uh, tend to be afraid of homelessness, which is really weird, or uh, afraid of the unhoused. Um, and that that's interesting, but there are also people on there that have been, like, shutting down those people. So, yeah, it's it's at least an interesting bit of entertainment <laughs> for, for me to kind of watch people uh, argue back and forth. And uh, occasionally someone will post that they spotted a deer because that's something that's interesting. I hate deer with all of my heart and soul. What? Yeah, Why? Uh, 
well, let's sit down for story time. A long time ago, I uh, was in high school. That's how that works, time uh, and <laughs> primary education. And I it was the summer and every summer I would hang out with my friend and uh, his siblings actually. And his, his parents owned a sewing company. So they owned an industrial sewing company. They made vinyl products that were used in uh, different applications, industrial. And they had this gigantic, I think it's like a 16 passenger van. And we would, I, I was old enough to drive and they trusted me. I actually worked at the industrial sewing shop for multiple summers and some holidays and things like that. And they trusted me to uh, pilot that vehicle and we would go fishing. Um, so we'd wake up super early in the morning, like 3 a.m., and pack the, the van full of our fishing equipment and head out into the boonies to go fishing. Um, one time, we decided to go to some new place, and we were, you know, following the GPS, and suddenly we're traveling down this road that is literally, it's, it's a two-way road, but it's only one lane, and it's in the middle of the woods. So if you can imagine, the wood, like the trees are growing over the top of you, and there's just like this creepy forest path, essentially, that we were driving on with these little man-made bridges that you would go over streams and creeks, as we call them in the Midwest, and uh, there's no way to turn around other than backing up. So... We're going down this way. It turns out that was the wrong way. And the GPS took us down the wrong way. So we finally came out of the other side of this weird creepy garden path, turned around, got back onto the highway. So our nerves were pretty shot already. Like we're, It's like four in the morning. It's dark. The GPS is barely connecting anymore because of all the scary trees over the top, etc. We're going over these hills and suddenly I come over the top of this hill. And right there is the dumbest deer in all the known universe just standing there. And I couldn't see it until we were over the top of the hill and it's right in front of me. Well, I'm driving the 16 passenger vehicle. It's got some momentum because we're going on these highways and I hit the brakes and I realize because 16 passenger van and going with the momentum that the car, that the van is slowly still screeching forward. So I'm like, Hmm, I keep going forward and I hit this deer or I barely start to turn the wheel so that I can at least swerve out of the way of it. Right. To, I do that. And the deer decides to walk with my swerve. So no matter, what, as I turn, the deer is still right in front of the van. Luckily, the van stops and the deer runs away and everything's fine, right? No, because the adrenaline inside of me was so intense that I let out these three inhuman screech sounds of just pure adrenaline and fear that raced out of me. And I can't replicate them because A, that would be terrible, and B, it I don't know how to do that. Um, my friend reaches over and touches me on the shoulder and he says, you can't do that, you're the driver. <laughs> <laughs> to which I say, you're right. I try to, you know, calm down, try to play it easy. We get to the pond or the lake or whatever that we're going to. And we all realize that we're really effed up. Like we just don't feel good anymore. So we come back, you know, we're just like, you know, let's pack it in. We're going home. We're going back on the highway. And I kid you not, standing at the top of the mother effing hill is the same deer that got in front of me, standing there all proud, like it just owned me and uh ever since that day every time i see deer i still get this like 
it just feels like my heart is slowly shattering. And so I'm, uh, I, I have like a phobia of deer now because of that one deer that almost killed me and also ruined the passenger vehicle that belonged to a business that they needed and also killed all of their kids and my best friend. Uh, so yeah, that's why I don't like deer. Oh, I like them because of Bambi and... Uh, no, you know what? Or... Bambi, uh, no, I, I have no other than bad feelings. Like, mm-hmm. I celebrate the death of Bambi's mother. Oh, wow. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. People, people <laughs> think you're the nice one, Micah. <laughs> Not when it comes to dear friends. Oh. Uh, or, sorry. Or, or dear friends? Or dear friend. No, there's no such thing. <laughs> Oh, oh, dear uh, friends, uh, a yes. yeah, 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 dear friends. Uh, mm-hmm. No, but yeah. See, one of one of my favorite animals is the the key deer, which is uh, a white-tailed deer, which has made its way to the Florida Keys and through several generations uh, of what they call island dwarfism. Um, just sort of shrank and shrank and shrank and shrank until they're these tiny, tiny little deer, teeny tiny deer. Um, so I, I think those are cute. Uh, and, and I just did a search, like, yeah. and they're they're still bringing bad feelings. And they're endangered, so. and they're they're just so tiny. Oh, it's you know it's 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 on the bridge there. Whenever I see one in the hands of this person, where I'm like, my heart is trying to feel for these things. Um, but the Grinch, <laughs> the dear Grinch, uh, shall not win today, and his heart shall not grow any sizes. But it's so close. It's kind of cute. I got to get off of here before I start feeling good about him. Sorry. All right. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry to, so, sorry to force you uh, to, to look at some deer, but uh, that, that sounds like a very traumatic experience. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 It was. I, I think it was like legitimate. You know, it, I think sometimes people will, will joke about like, oh, yes, I was scared out of my skin. But I sincerely do think that, that like that was enough of a traumatic experience that I do not have uh, deer. I already that I can't I can't can't deal with them. So anyway, uh yeah, what else is going on in in <laughs> our world? Anything um, exciting? Well, I mean in the world in general, yes, but in technology specifically, uh not not a whole bunch. Um I think the only major thing of course is uh another round of Uber news went out um and <clears throat> like they're they're just still a terrible company. Uh and they did bad things, and turns out it was in the past. Um, but you know, if you if you had previously thought Uber was a bad company, um, then this just confirms that. And if the previous things didn't bother you at all, this wouldn't bother you at all either, I suppose. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm mm, not in love uh, with that company still. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah. Uh, so Uber thought that it would be a good idea to. Uh, even if after you delete the app, your basically your your phone's ID is persistently tracked. So that if you install the app in the future, then your you know it still knows who you are in the sense that it knows your device. Um, it was interesting kind of seeing the back and forth and the critiques on media uh, surrounding this conversation. Uh, for multiple reasons. One, because you know there was the legitimate complaint that 
using the language that the app tracks you, even if you delete it and all that kind of thing. It, it Whenever I think a lot of people think of tracking, they think of legitimate GPS tracking, like knowing your exact location and knowing what you're doing in your activities. And so, you know, the, the original report was kind of critiqued for being sort of clickbaity in that sense, or at least a little inflammatory. And it's interesting because this is a trash company that does trash things. And even still, I think that people try to uh, keep their morals and, and keep things on the on the up and up when it comes to, you know, critiquing this conversation. Because if you think about it, that, like I said, it's a trash company and more people read this story, I would hazard, I guess, because of the fact that you know, they saw tracking and they're like, what the crap? And they clicked on it and then they learned this thing. And had that not been there, maybe less people would have read it. And so it's interesting kind of the back and forth uh, of how, you know, we look at media and we see the way that they try to bring in the clicks and they bring in the conversation. But the fact is, still, this is a very, very bad thing that happened. And they were breaking the rules, frankly, and they're doing something that uh, in, in our day and age, it's just not, ugh, it's gross. And again, uh, Uber just puts a, a bad taste in my mouth. And it seems like an, a bad taste in the mouths of everyone, including uh, our, our pal, Tim Cook, who was like, so here you've been breaking the rules, eh? But uh, then that brought up another conversation on how the popularity of an app seems to determine how one is treated uh, in the app store. And we've had plenty of conversations in the past uh, as a as a group of, of technology lovers about, you know, what apps get good treatment and bad treatment and what gets you kind of pulled from the app store and how sometimes those things can be very nebulous. So all very interesting conversations that bridged from the Uber thing. Uh, but in the end, Uber is still a trash company, and no one should be surprised about that. Yeah, and just to go back and confirm a couple of things, um, yeah, Mike R Isaac wrote this in a very vague way, uh, and it was through later writings and stuff that the specifics of what it was doing, where it was accessing a private API to uh, fingerprint the device, um, figure out what it what it was and report that to to uber so that they could recognize the device if the app was installed on it again it's not doing anything when the app isn't on it um and they are not contracting with any third party to track uh so there's not some third party application you may download like let's say twitter uh that would be confirming that fingerprint or something like that that's not being shared but it was being used internally by uber if you installed uh, the Uber app on a device repeatedly, and they said it was for fraud purposes, but it was against Apple's guidelines. And as for uh, having meetings with Tim Cook, uh, where uh, he says, yeah, you can't do that, or we're going to take your stuff off the, the store, I'm not surprised by that, uh, because <laughs> I think it, quite frankly, shows a level of responsibility when you're dealing with a very large company uh, that you should talk to their CEO about potentially removing their application from your platform not because tim cook really wanted uber on the platform necessarily but because uh if he if he had just removed it it would decimate uh uber's ridership and uh be detrimental to the employees of uber uh or sorry the contract uh operator <laughs> freelancers who work for uber um so uh it's 
I, I don't take any issue with that. I, I think a lot of people are like, oh, if this was just some Joe Schmo developer, no offense to other Joes, but uh, if this was just some some jerk out there who developed an app, you know, and they, they wouldn't get a personal meeting from Tim Cook. And it's like, yeah, of course they wouldn't. <laughs> I don't, exactly. It's just that, it's that uh, I don't understand why you would make that connection. Um, but uh, but yeah, the level of importance of a company dictates uh, the how the response occurs. But uh, yeah, so not surprised and as for uh uh this occurring in the past like this is 2015 that that happened um so it's not even the worst thing they've done recently so i I just i don't love them um and uh this just makes me keep on not loving them and uh whatevs (laughs) yeah i agree with you i think uh I yeah if they would if they would have taken this app from the app store that they had I think then they would be in trouble potentially with uh what is it the FCC or something or the FTC because then they like it shows the power that Apple has to literally decimate uh, a company I mean if if Google or Apple were to pull these things then it shows just how how much damage this company can do on multiple levels to to different companies so that that was not that would not have been the right decision to make i think financially or regulations wise excuse yeah. me or what have you it, it's just it, this was the move to make i think it doesn't matter what the company is this was the right move to make yeah and you know there there's it was completely legitimate uh to remove it no no one i i, I haven't seen anyone argue that there was no recourse for Tim Tim Cook to take here. Like, oh, it would have been bad if he had pulled it. It's like, no, that would have been fine too. Um, but but yeah, having a meeting certainly diffuses the situation. But the uh, the the whole thing of Uber knowing what it was doing was wrong, where it had geofenced the app to not have this work within uh, Cupertino. Um, it's kind of funny because uh, it's just it shows the level of corruption um, through throughout the company. It's so this is not an oopsie. Um, they, <laughs> they're they're just bad. They're awful people. Um, but uh, but let's move on to something happier. Um, is there something happier? I, that was that was going to be what I was going to ask you. Uh, but uh, but I, I then I realized when I was saying the sentence, what if Micah doesn't have anything happy to say? uh you know it's a good day that's that's happy right Uh, i'm trying to think you know there's i actually had messaged you uh before to say uh, is there anything you want to talk about outside of technology and you know i don't even know that that much has happened outside of technology we talked about pies already i mean what else is there you know um let's see what else is what else is broken lately well i do know something there is allegedly a new thermostat a new smart thermostat from ecobee on the way that is supposed to have alexa oh crud i just said it uh built in uh so i'm curious you know you have Aguilera, um, and I mean, I assume you like it from from conversations that you you know that we've had. But would you potentially like? Would you? Does a smart thermostat in and of itself interest you? And would having a, you know another place to kind of talk to that system uh, be exciting to you? Be silly to you? Uh, and then I'll tell you how you know my feels about it because 
yeah, I, I have feels about it. Okay. Uh, I, well, I don't have feels per se. It is an attractive option. Uh, I currently live in an apartment where there is no central AC. Uh, so this particular thermostat model uh, does nothing for me. Um, same with Nest or any other company. Uh, what I have... No air conditioning? I, what I have is air conditioning in a in a very large uh, unit that is stuck in the wall, um, uh. kind, kind of like a bad motel, um, uh, or I don't know. Uh, it's it's sort of like a window unit, but not mounted inside of the window. It's it's just mounted under the window in the wall. Uh, but the that thing uh, is not exactly compatible with any other devices at all, uh, which would be a uh, like one of my one of my dreams is that someday I'll do some sort of Radio Shack uh, pro, pro, uh, project to create some sort of IR blaster that will communicate with it over the internet, so I can turn on the AC before I get home. Um, but <laughs> I don't live in that world, uh, so I can't do that. And uh, the there is of course, uh, well, what about heating? If that's what you have, and there is a, a wall mounted thermostat that goes to a wall mounted heater inside mm-hmm. of the li- of the living room, and then there's another wall-mounted thermostat and wall-mounted heater inside of the uh, bedroom. And for those who are not familiar, a wall-mounted heater is basically this enormous grill, and uh, it can either be electric or gas. And what I have is a gas model, and so it just kicks in and burns uh, natural gas to heat the room. Um, it is very drying, uh, and I, I only use that during the winter. But but that is that is why during yeah, it could the winter be... when it's 72 degrees in california it, it, it gets down into the 50s and 40s uh now uh, uh, very seldom in the 40s but uh the there is uh no place in my life for the ecobe as much as i would like it if i lived in a house with central ac i would love to have this because i think it is fantastic to just say things and have it happen um because <laughs> i'm very critical of using uh, voice outside of the home, but inside of the home, I think it's wonderful because I don't have to walk across the room to do anything. I can turn on lights. I can do uh, uh, weather forecasts. I can ask what time it is so I don't have to have clocks everywhere or run around to the nearest clock or or lift my phone and look at the time. Like It's amazing the kinds of things <laughs> that you can get uh, by just shouting into the air. Um, and uh, I, I would be thrilled if I had a, a wall thermostat that did that. So uh, I know that you are very into the smart home and that you uh, are very appreciative of having many smart home devices around you. So uh, what, what are what are your feels, as you said? <laughs> uh, dis- describe them to me. Well, first of all, yeah, I think you should get a Harmony Hub um, because though that's like an IR blaster. And then you can just use that to control because that it, it works out at the home. It works in the home and it also can control your TV. It can control the volume on your TV. So even if you don't have volume buttons, you can use that. Uh, it's a pretty nifty device that controls quite a few different products. And if you get the upgrade for it, then you can also control uh, many smart home devices that use like Zigbee and, and Z-Wave and all those other, uh, I think Bluetooth LE as well. Anywho, uh, so yeah, you should totally get that and then report back with your new fancy well, AC control controlling device i i i I think i looked when it first came out and it did not uh have support for just any old generic thing but maybe they have it now if not there's gotta be a hack but then maybe that's too far down the the rabbit hole uh so yeah in terms of the the i heard you call it echo b and now i'm worried that i've been calling it eco b and that's not how it's pronounced no it it could be the other thing (laughs) 
It could be either. <laughs> well, it could, the, the, it's probably Ecobee. <laughs> the EB. Uh, is, oh, yeah, I'll just keep calling it Ecobee. You call it whatever you like. And, uh, you know, one of, one of us is right, one of us is wrong. Who cares? I, I uh, think somebody, you're right. Somebody out there will report with the actual answer. Uh, yeah. How awkward. Anywho, uh, so when I first saw news of this, I immediately got very excited. Um What's interesting to me is that my partner, which, as I've said plenty of times, and you know, I'll say it again, is my litmus test for what the norms do, absolutely loves Aguilera, loves to be able to talk to the Echo in our living room and the Dot in the bedroom to control lights. He literally, every morning, I hear um, the device rattling off the weather, and I think if there was more of a, a commute, he would also have it, you know, tell him traffic and stuff like that. Uh, so uses the device all the time, absolutely loves it uh we use it whenever we leave the house to play music for the dogs so that they pay attention to that instead of the people outside barking all the time uh wait the people outside aren't barking they bark at some of the people that are outside uh, <laughs> do you even change just walk outside of the house and go bark 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 bark, bark. <laughs> yes that's exactly what's happening uh, uh, so love love this thing and i think so I, of course, like I have an Ecobee and I absolutely adore this device because a having a smart thermostat super cool. And right now my Echo can control that smart device. Also, Siri can control that smart device. Also, the Google Home, if I'm not mistaken, it certainly can if you do some finagling. I don't think Google Home quite has it uh, all locked in yet. Anywho. I think this thing is great. I love that the it has these individual room sensors that you put in different rooms and it uses its own temperature that's built into the actual thermostat in the wall and then also the room sensors to do an average. And that is the temperature that well you you can set it up how you want, but that is the temperature that it uses to try and, you know, uses the goal. So when you set it to 70, and your room's only 65, despite the fact that the hallway where it's, you know, installed is 70, it'll still try to raise the temperature if you're heating a few degrees to, to average things out. And I love that about it. Um, I can also use those individual sensors with HomeKit to do automations and things like that. So uh, it, each of the little sensors is not just a temperature sensor, but it's also an occupancy sensor. And in, in other words, it's a motion sensor. So I could have lights come on anytime it senses a motion. It's, it's very neat. Uh, but the new one, if it does have uh, Aguilera built into it, I think this is fascinating in and of itself because anytime you can have another place that's listening and ready to help you with whatever home type stuff you're trying to do or again, weather, music, what have you, that's neat. But what I think is the most interesting and important thing about this is the fact that when you think about it, uh, if, if designed correctly, if the home is designed correctly, a thermostat is generally located in a central area in your home. And the reason for that is because most uh, thermostats don't have multi-room sensors. And so the, the builder or whomever is installing the thermostat wants to get a temperature that is as average as it possibly can be. And you also want your actual heater and your AC, if you have all that kind of stuff, like the blower and all of that located centrally, because it's going to be the easiest 
uh, way, the, the most cost efficient way to blast out air and heat to your entire home. If it's on one side and it has to get all the way to the other side, that's more costly because you're having to do more. So you put it in the middle, it spreads out from there. So the point is thermostats in the middle of the house. So if you have a voice assistant that's always listening in the middle of your home as well, like that's the best, that's a prime location for it to be. So you've got this hub that acts as your, you know, your maestro for your entire home system. And if your house is, you know, mid-size or smaller, then chances are Aguilera, which has the the beam forming microphones and all that jazz built in, which I assume they'll do with this device. Yeah, uh, this one's supposed we'll to have to... the the far field uh, voice recognition stuff. Uh, Perfect. Which I can't remember if it was an FCC filing or something, but basically, um, uh, at this Amaz- point now there are marketing materials. Yeah, originally yeah. it was FCC filing, but now they've got marketing materials. Yeah, there anyone can basically uh, get the the far field stuff for whatever they're building. But continue. Proceed. Oh, proceed. Yeah, <laughs> proceed. I mean, that, that that's essentially it. It's in the middle of a home and chances are, unless, you know, you live in a gigantic place, it's going to be able to hear you and it's going to be able to take your commands. And so that's why I think this is brilliant. Plus, you're not now whenever you buy it, like smart thermostats are a pretty big investment. One, they tend to be more expensive just on their own. But two, if you can't figure out how to install it yourself, then you have to call somebody to install it. And that's going to cost as well. But building this into the smart thermostat, you're getting a really good two for one deal here that's in a prime location. And I I just think this is all around a very, very, very good idea. So I am thrilled, not just because I will probably eventually have one myself because of course, but also because I think that there are going to be many people who are just getting into the smart home or are, you know, sort of intermediate smart homers and they're wanting to add more technology and this is just uh, a win in terms of of learning the power of the smart home so very very cool and uh, i think a brilliant idea that should be good for both amazon and eco echo b uh-huh i really think you were right that i just said it wrong i <laughs> <laughs> gonna reiterate that before we get people writing in but uh yeah, no, I, 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 I like the idea of the thing, um, and uh, so hopefully, someday I'll live in a house with central AC, and then I'll have it, uh, or something like it, because uh, presumably time marches on and will only improve. Because uh, I wonder if those little satellite sensor thingies uh, will get it, and then it'll be like little. Ooh, Joe! Oh, snap, Joe! <laughs> that would be really cool. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think about that. Just think about it. Like, uh, basically, an Echo Dot, except uh, it can it can also do the other weather ah, stuff. That's really that's a fantastic idea. How did I? Wow! Yeah, that'd be really neat. Yeah, well, uh, that's not happening right now. But <laughs> right, right. But no, I mean, it's a good idea, yeah. and it, it's not it's not too far off. I mean, you those are they're even like right now in their current state, you could put a tiny little microphone in there. I mean, I, I doubt you'd be able to fit in the full far field, full far field uh, microphone kind of system. Yes. But you could get, you know, a normal microphone or uh, a slightly fancy microphone into one of those things or change the shape of them and uh, use them in that way. And, it, you know, it's interesting to me that the Echo Dot, for example, doesn't have more more like sensors and things built into it um because i think that would be uh just another another possible 
step for Amazon to be the smart home companion uh, because you've got uh, there's room there's got to be room in there somewhere for at least adding you know a temperature sensor and maybe like an ambient light sensor and using that to uh, just add possibilities to the smart home so yeah anyway maybe that's maybe that's for the future yeah because uh, I'm not I'm, I mean they, they they hit a price point of uh, 49.99 uh, and they're that's sometimes true. on sale for 39.99. So I, I'm not as surprised that the sensors, uh, extra sensors are not there, but uh, perhaps you could argue if that was valuable to the company in the future that they would consider some way to incorporate them. Because um, uh, for right now, I'm, I'm quite happy with the DD Dot. Um, and I think I prefer it to the full uh, Echo because... Interesting. Yeah, I, I like bringing my own speakers to the party. Uh, like, uh, they, they just sound better than what I've heard from um, Echoes that I've been around, which don't sound bad, but um, I can certainly do more things with uh, any speakers that I provide than what Amazon has. So uh, that's that's one of the reasons why I think I like it a little more, because uh, just more customizable. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, speaking yeah. of Amazon, let me just briefly pivot to something that I saw yesterday, uh, which was that Amazon launched a self-service uh, digital subscription marketplace. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, and if you're like, what's that? Uh, let me let me just briefly tell you. Uh, it's it's you know how when you're when you got an app or a service or like stuff like that, like websites sometimes will be like, hey, subscribe. And then you you, you can. Um, like Dropbox, for example. Yeah, which is offering a free 30-day trial of Dropbox Plus if you subscribe with Amazon right now. It's a promotion they're offering. Uh, and so basically, Amazon acts as the intermediary. Uh, they are the the company that is uh, taking the payments and dealing with that for the developer on the, on the behalf of the developer. And it's also uh, for the uh, user, the customer, uh, that they don't have to deal with a bunch of different payment providers or try to remember their logins to various things. They just have to go through Amazon for their subscription. Um, this is very similar to uh, the way Apple has subscriptions for apps and services, but it's not available as broadly as this. Um, that's basically just like, hey, subscribe through your iOS app, um, and then here's your, here's your thing, and that's it. <laughs> Uh, but uh, but this like you can subscribe to websites. It could be apps that are not on Amazon platforms, so it's not restricted to uh, things in the same ways that uh, Apple's subscription plans are. Um, this can be used widely on basically anything. You could uh, include subscribe with Amazon uh, points of access anywhere you would like to. Uh, this is uh, convenient for that. They've also created a. A weird marketplace where you can go and see apps that have uh, the ability to subscribe through Amazon and sort of shop in a reverse fashion from there. So anything that's that uses it, you can go look for. You can be like, oh, you know what? I want to have an application that does this, and I want it to be through Amazon subscription. So I'm going to look through Amazon subscription catalog first, like to 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 narrow that down. I don't know who would do that. But that is something that is available to you if you so it's, choose. It's there if you need it. <laughs> yeah. And so this also covers things like Sling um, and uh, various magazines are also covered. 
um, under this. They have their digital content, uh, so it's it's interesting. Um, I, I, it's I, I not something I'd expected them to offer right now, um, but uh, but there it is, and it's widely available for anyone and everyone. Uh, you you don't really have. Uh, the problems setting it up that require a lot of overhead. Uh, now, uh, it's seventy percent of this goes to the company or developer, um, and then Amazon keeps the other thirty percent of whatever that subscription fee is. And that's very similar to what Apple does. And then your second year or more, it's a uh, it, you get to keep eighty five percent, and then fifteen percent goes to uh, Amazon. So uh, you know, not too different from. Uh, what Apple does with their subscriptions. Uh, but this is a way to grow your services revenue. I think this is fantastic. I So I already personally spend a boatload of my, I mean, most of my money that is not going to bills and things like that goes to Amazon because I order most of, well, we order most of the, you know, the staples in the household, uh, and I don't mean staples that you put into paper, I mean like uh, paper towels and, and cleaning supplies and all that kind of stuff straight closet, from Amazon. Closet full of staples. Yes. You'll never guess what I'll do with my staples, Joe. Anyway, uh, mm. plus we, I order like technology from Amazon. Most of the smart home stuff I order directly from Amazon. Uh, everything that... Uh, other than like groceries, which we don't have like Amazon Prime now or whatever it is, is from Amazon. So probably everything that I'm looking at on this desktop, uh, except for the smartphone, is from Amazon. I just, I order most things from there. So if I could also have that be the hub of my subscriptions, and I don't have to go to all these different sites and forget that I also have a subscription to X, Y, and Z, and then, you know, it gets taken out of my bank account, and that's when I remember... I think this is a great idea. I hope that more companies will, you know, jump on board the here's the discount that we're or here's the money that we're taking from you and you just have to deal with that kind of thing. But I mean, I get it. I understand why that exists, but I think that will keep some companies from hopping on board the train. But altogether, this just seems like a, a really good idea and is incredibly beneficial for the consumer I think because again, this is one place, one one subscription service to rule them all in a sense. And I can, I'm thinking about moving over my Dropbox subscription instead of paying Dropbox directly. And I am currently subscribed to Sling TV because I got hooked on a series that I needed to, <laughs> to have some sort of login for. But we'll see what, if I what, keep that. What series? I it was a sci-fi series. Um, oh crud! I just finished it too. Uh, I'll have to get back to you on that. I it was, uh -huh. it was some series on sci-fi. What was it about? Joe, no, stop. I really, I'm, I'm terrible at remembering things on the spot. Wait, it's a show <laughs> that you need to watch. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was the magicians. Okay. Um, <laughs> It's like, how, I know. how is it a show that you need to watch, but you can't remember what it's about? Ask me like my middle name right now and the pressure will be too much for me to remember. I just don't, I, I don't, I don't work like that. Darn it. Okay. I can't work under these conditions. I'm, Anywho. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me, let me move the light away from your eyes. Like you're no longer being interrogated. <laughs> Whew, okay. Now I can tell you it was the magicians. And so I got uh, a Sling TV subscription. Plus I wanted to uh, do the, the, 
Apple TV tie-in with with Sling TV because uh, that's one of the like single sign-on options. So it was kind of a two-for-one deal where I was able to write about some stuff that I needed to and also watch The Magicians through and through. Um, so yeah, that was that is one of the options and I'm thinking about moving it there if I decide to keep Sling TV and I think there are a few others and then also these digital subscriptions for newspapers and magazines and stuff like that. I think it's all a very good idea. Uh, so excuse me, when I saw this, I was like, yeah, this, this is something that I could definitely uh, see myself doing. And Amazon is already so good at handling uh, all of my money anyway. So why not? <laughs> yeah, Might as well. Uh, I mean, I, I see, I see nothing bad about this development. Um, and uh, like I said before, uh, the way that Apple does things with payments is good, but weird um, in this strange sort of Apple-y ways they restrict things. Uh, so it's not going to be as widely available ever <laughs> as, as uh, what Amazon is offering here. Um, so uh, that, that is another reason to perhaps to consider it, depending if you have a, if you have a device household with multiple inputs that are non apple Um Now, moving from there, mm-hmm. I would like to talk about... Nothing, because mm-hmm. I can't. We're, we're done. <laughs> I got nothing. Okay. Yeah, I, I I can't think of anything else either. Uh, that's those those were all very good topics that um, certainly hit my hit the radar, and we're like, oh, this is this is interesting. Oh, I know some. Have you uh, considered adding any other smart home technology to your home? Um, no. Uh, now that you've had the the goodness that is the the one thing that you have. Uh, well, goodness is strong, um, strong word, but uh, yeah. So uh, follow up, copyright John Syracuse. Uh, the 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 device that I have, the iHome Switch, it uh, sometimes it behaves erratically still, and I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not one hundred percent sure why. Like it like it'll do things like I'll be like Aguilera, turn on the light, and then. It, the lights will flash on the ring and the light will turn on and then the lights will keep flashing on the ring and then they'll stop flashing and it'll be like, I'm sorry, I can't connect to the device right now. And it'll be like, <laughs> you, you just turned it on. It's on. Uh, yeah, I um still still not a huge fan of, of the old iHome switch. Uh, it, the Another interesting thing that it does is anytime it like drops connection from Wi-Fi for whatever reason, sometimes like if the Wi-Fi is out or what have you, uh, to try and remedy that situation, it will turn itself off and turn itself on. But when it does that, it also turns off the lights to which it's connected and turns those back on. If I were the developer of such a device, I would make the power to the Wi-Fi radios a separate thing than the power to the actual lights that you have in the house or that you have plugged into it or whatever you happen to have plugged into it and then just flip off the Wi-Fi radio and turn that back on instead of also turning off and on my lights because that's annoying. And sometimes I am, you know, messing with the Wi-Fi network or something like that and I don't need you fooling around with, you know, me being able to see in the room because uh, I have two LED studio lights connected to it and I actually use those on the regular uh, whenever I'm at my desk because... They are very bright, and uh, early in the morning, it's very helpful for like, it's almost like light therapy in that sense because I'm they help me sort of wake up and and get focused, and so I end up using those most of the time, 
And yeah, I don't like the fact that the iHome does that. Whereas the iDevices switch, which is Bay, uh, and is my most favorite uh, Wi-Fi connected switch, it, it it's smart about you know its connections and also has because of the multicolored LED strip on the front, it can notify you of issues or changes just using that, and it doesn't have to you know flash at you or something. So I really do dig that. And in fact. This is a side note, but iDevices was just acquired by some other company, so I'm kind of freaking out right now, man, because I don't want them to screw with my favorite uh, HomeKit-enabled switch. So, uh, what what company acquired them? Uh, Hubble, which makes electronics, and I, I just did a little article or little write up about this the other day because. Um, Hubble basically wants iDevices for its Internet of Things abilities and iDevices gets the distribution that Hubble provides. And I think what's going to happen here is Hubble's going to kind of give iDevices the foot in the door in, com in the commercial market. And then Hubble, of course, is going to make money making more Internet of Things devices because commercially uh, companies are getting very, very interested in the modern Internet of Things devices. I know that there are plenty of those old school uh, home automation type dealy bobs, but in terms of what's available now, uh, I think businesses still have a lot of catching up to do. So this is it's it's a beneficial thing for both, but I just don't want them screwing with anything that already exists. So hopefully as long as uh, Hubble is just doing the learning, which is what I wrote, as long as they're doing the learning of Internet of Things, then I'm okay with that. But it's when they start messing around with what's already good that I'm going to have to, I don't know, burn the place to the ground or something. Oh. But you didn't hear that, uh, <laughs> uh, FBI. You certainly did not hear that. So mm -hmm. all of you listeners out there, keep your fingers crossed that I don't have to go to prison for burning things down. Okay, I uh, just want to summarize this episode <laughs> briefly. We started with uh, Micah hating deer, um, wishing Bambi's mother dead. And then we ended with Micah threatening <laughs> to burn down a company. Uh, so I feel I feel like we, we got to see a weird side of Micah today, uh, this, this morning. So... There yeah. we go. You know, you you uh, it's it's called a character arc. You've learned you learned some more about that's, uh, that's not how who character arcs person. <laughs> okay, well, it's uh, character development. You're getting some flavor, some seasoning, ah. and uh, getting a, a a closer look at you know another part of of my personality. <laughs> The scarier part. Uh -huh. Characters unwelcome. Um, all right. Well, uh, well, that was great talking to you today. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, see each other in a bit. Yes, I, I'm sure we will, friend. Uh, because, you know, we're always doing that wrong. Whoa! <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to understand the reference. Most of our listeners are going to understand the okay, reference. Okay, well, okay, fine. All right. Uh, adios. <laughs> adios and goodbye. <laughs>